Welcome to the Wedding Songs Podcast, featuring newly released songs you need to know and the tried and true classics. Get song ideas from the time guests arrive until the last dance of the reception. And now your host, Matt Campbell, founder of MyWeddingSongs.com. Welcome everybody to the Wedding Songs Podcast. I am Matt Campbell, and today we're going to be talking about Canadian weddings. Our guest star today is Aaron Croach, all the way from Alberta, Canada, Edmonton to be exact, and his company, Sound Phonics Entertainment. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the show. I'm going to start off with our first question, like we always do. Can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about a memorable wedding that you've performed at? There's a lot. I tend to remember little bits and pieces from every wedding as I'm sure most DJs do but I have some nightmare memorable things and some really good memorable things the really good memorable things tend to be more abstract just like that feeling that you get when you just hit the song right on the nose and you get a oh, reaction from the from the dance floor so those are more abstract but obviously there's some nightmare ones and I wrote myself some notes so I'm going to glance down at my notes things that are beyond your control that just go absolutely haywire they always involve too much booze almost always uh, a couple times this year grooms got exceptionally drunk one of them showed up to the reception wasted and the other one him and his bride disappeared at about 8 30 i told him that it was time to do the first dance and he says no no it's too late and i said actually it's right on time and he goes no no it's too late it's fine we're not going to do that and i didn't see them again until 11 30 when their friends literally carried them out of the venue they were so drunk they couldn't even walk on the opposite side of the spectrum for bad parties, uh, I was in the middle of nowhere. A number of guests had RVs on site. And I noticed early on, almost right after speeches, people started pulling out cribbage board. You did not come here to party. You came here to play cards. It's funny that booze is still a downer because I hear trends of a lot of the non-alcoholic drinks becoming more and more popular. And hopefully that catches on more for the wedding reception. So that way, at least the wedding couples can be more responsible. Yeah. Well... I think that that particular couple that I'd mentioned who disappeared had the intention of doing that. Whether they had mocktails or cocktails, they probably still would have chosen cocktails, which is unfortunate because why would you do that to your own wedding? It doesn't make any sense to me why someone would do that. Especially when you're spending the amount of money that could be a down payment on a house. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Let's get out of that bad note. Do you have a memorable good wedding that you could talk about? Like I said, those memories are more abstract because it's just like you just hit the nail on the head and you go, man, I really love what I do. When you have a good night and you just know that you're in the groove and you're there with the crowd. So I don't have a specific story because it is more of a feeling. I love that. Yeah. That feeling that everybody's having a great time and you're playing the right music. Yeah. There's no better feeling as an entertainer than that feeling for sure. Yeah. And to try to articulate that into this podcast is difficult because it's just like goosebumps. Talking about goosebumps and DJing then, can you tell everybody a little bit about you and your company? I started Sound Phonics in 2007 when my son was born. I had been working for another company which went out of business or the guy moved. I can't remember which one. I think he moved. So he closed up shop and I said, well, I guess I'll just start my own DJ company. So then I started doing it pretty casually on the side because at the time I had a day job and then I kept doing it casually for, let me see here. 12 years. And then in 2019, I went full-time. So you've been doing it quite a while then full-time. That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you want to count two and a half years where everything was shut down, but yeah, I've been been doing it full-time for a while. 
Let's get into Canadian weddings a little bit. Sure, sure, you bet. Have you worked at weddings in both Canada and the United States? No, no, just just in Canada. Although I have had guests from the United States come up for our weddings, and generally I get good feedback from them. They can't believe how late weddings go here sometimes. Let's go into that then. What's the typical format of a wedding reception in your area? We start with cocktails at five, and then bridal party usually shows up about six o'clock, gets seated at the table. We bring the bridal party in as a group. We say, here's a bridal party. And they come in, we play a song, and then we bring in the bride and groom. And then once everyone is seated at the head table, then we introduce them individually, as opposed to what I've seen online, particularly, I I think, out east. They introduce them one at a time as they come in. We wait till everyone's seated. Dinner is usually 6.30 to 7. Then we do their first dances. And then dance starts anywhere between 8.30, quarter to 9. Then we party until 1 in the morning. So the venues are okay being open that late? Yeah, it's pretty well standard. I've had conversations with venues about that. Because I'm of the feeling that nothing good happens after midnight. Like after midnight, you're you're really not missing anything. But there are some venues here that insist on being open till one or even later. One of the venues I was talking to told me that them being open till three is one of their key selling points. I thought, well, that's ridiculous. Speaking of that, then I come from Montana where the cutoff time to drink is two o'clock. Is there no cutoff time then to drink? No, cutoff time is two o'clock for sales. You can sell until two and then consume until three. Being in Vegas, yeah, there's no cutoff time. How do you handle song requests from couples and from guests? I take requests with discretion. If we're in the middle of dance set and someone comes up and asks for Johnny Cash, for example, you go, yeah, okay, well, I'll think about it, but it won't be right now. So there is there is some discretion. And I always tell my couples that I do handle requests with discretion. If someone comes up and requests Macarena, you're like, maybe, maybe not. But I mean, I we have the same issue here that you guys have down there with people coming up and going, oh, it's the bride's favorite song. So I always have my couples fill out like must plays and, and do not plays. And I tell them, put as many of your favorite songs in the must plays or put them in the play of possibles. Because people will come up and say, oh, it's the bride's favorite song. Early in my career, of course, I would fall for it. I I would play the song and they'd be like, why are you playing this song? You know, and that just makes me look stupid. I handle requests with discretion. I take requests the night of, but the bride and groom do have quite a bit of opportunity to collaborate with their requests. I give them five categories that they can work with. The must plays, play of possibles, dedications, play only if requested, and do not plays. I love how you do that break that into categories because it's so much more than just do not plays, especially if there's a special song between them and a friend, the dedications or their person of honor. I think that that's really important to have that on there that otherwise you may miss it. And what I, what I find with the dedications is often they will say, you know what, this song was my parents' wedding song 30 odd years ago. Usually it's a really good song that might get missed because it's 30 plus years old. You don't necessarily have to acknowledge it over the mic, but it's nice to play it. And then what I find is the bride's parents will come over and go, thank you. How did you know? So it's adding that special moment for sure. Yeah. Speaking of music, let's Mm -hmm. talk about music. Sure. Being in Canada, are there any special songs that you think that are really popular just for the Canadian guests? I don't think that there's anything that's nationwide. It's not like we're sitting around listening to Celine Dion all the time, right? Shania Twain. Shania 
Nice Wayne, Nickelback. There are some bands like we just talked about, some artists that are strongly Canadian, but it's not like we make a big effort to play that. I think what we play is more in line with what anyone else plays. The best example that I could think of is not a Canadian thing. It's more of an Alberta, Saskatchewan thing. There's a couple songs. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard them. There's Last Saskatchewan Pirate by Captain Tractor, and there is Home for a Rest by Spirit of the West. And they have a very stompy, jiggy, I don't want to use this term, but I will, uh, a very Newfy feel. Newfy is what we refer to someone from Newfoundland. So they have that very an oddly Celtic feel to it. And they're insanely popular here. They're good songs. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy the songs, but they are insanely popular. Even still, I, I'm pretty careful about when I pull the, those out. You don't want to pull them out too early because you won't get the reaction that you're looking for. I was going to ask that later in the evening or when do you play them? Yeah, it's later in the evening. Once I notice that everyone is more lubricated, sure. safely lubricated. What type of music would you say that your couples are wanting to hear? Pop punk? Or is it the 2010s? Yeah. What, what type yeah, of Yeah, there is pop punk. I find the music is pretty diversified now. Country is still relatively popular with a lot of people pop punk yes the 2000 to 2010s hip-hop and pop pitbull is still big he's still fairly relevant right he's releasing new music every now and then yeah it's pretty all over the place i still get requests from older couples for polkas and i limit polkas to maybe one or two the beer barrel polka beer barrel polka is the big one keel and toe polka is another one i did a christmas party last night where someone requested a ukrainian waltz yeah but i didn't play ukrainian waltz because it, it just didn't fit with the rest of the crowd again taking requests with discretion speaking of country music there's mm-hmm. a big difference between johnny cash garth brooks yeah. to bro yeah. country what are you finding is the most popular in your area well, we already talked about shania twain shania oh. twain is still very popular the 90s country is very very popular right now so you're right garth brooks shania twain brooks and dunn tim mcgraw but at the same time people still love luke combs and luke bryan who else well i can't think of any other bro country artists florida georgia line yeah 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 yeah. jason aldean yeah yeah jason aldean not so much here i haven't noticed a lot of requests for him what i have noticed recently is more requests for alternative country like tyler childers but they are more alternative country. They're more like the outlaw country from the 70s. Mm. Tyler Childers is unique among them where he's not outlaw. He just he kind of goes against the country grain. Kind of like I would say Chris Stapleton has his own unique voice. Yeah. Yeah. And Zach Brown, Zach Brown too. He's got his own unique voice, his own way about carrying, carrying on. And I love that he's done some collaborations. He's done collaborations. I saw on TikTok, he did a collaboration with a couple of the Beastie Boys. He did a song with Chris Cornell from Soundgarden probably seven or eight years ago now. So he's a prolific country. I like it when country artists can explore beyond their, I shouldn't say just country. I like it when artists can explore beyond their borders. I like it when two artists that you don't think really go together, collaborate on a song. And it might be good. It might be trash. But at least they're making that effort to be artistic and not just do the same thing over and over again. I'm reminded of Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. What an awesome collaboration it was. Yeah, perfect example. That's exactly it. Their version of Lady and the Tramp 
Lady is a Tramp is one that I still play during cocktails. Time for a quick break from the show to let you know about the wedding music letter. Are you struggling to find the wedding songs that match your personality and music style? Are you having a hard time keeping up with the new wedding songs being released? Then subscribe today to the wedding music letter by going to my website, myweddingsongs.com, and clicking on the Join Now button. Every Wednesday, you'll get song ideas to build your wedding playlists. On the last day of the month, you'll get all of the new wedding songs released from the prior month. So subscribe today and join over 7,000 other engaged couples and wedding pros by going to myweddingsongs.com and joining the wedding music letter today. Now back to the show. Speaking of cocktails and moments of the wedding, what are popular first dance songs that you're seeing? I saw this question on your list and I actually went through the last year and there was no correlation between any of the songs. So I couldn't even say that one was more popular. We were literally all over the board from country songs to classics like Etta James. It it was so so all over the board. It was difficult to pinpoint one popular song versus another. I think that's exactly what you're saying, that the correlation is there is no correlation, that couples just pick what means to them instead of what's popular right now. And I have on my website something similar to what you do with my wedding songs. I have a list of songs that people can use for reception songs, and I have it broken up between reception songs and ceremony songs. I don't go near as in-depth as you do, but I just kind of point people in in that direction. And then I say, if if there's nothing on my list that you can find, I do point them towards yours because yours is way more in depth than mine is. And I I mean, I update mine every six, seven months, but you're constantly on there adding to your list, right? Yeah, that's my main focus is to bring in the new songs to offer that uh, new source because I don't see AI or ChatGPT doing that. So that's how I'm trying to set myself apart from that. Because ChatGPT can only only has access to 2018 and, and older, right? So 2021. 2021 is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Even still. 2021 was three years ago now, almost three years ago. It doesn't have that archive of data, whereas you do. You have that. And I assume that you belong to some kind of a record pool that helps you keep up with with those new songs, right? Not a record pool. There's certain sites that I go to looking at what's popular being streamed. Of course, the charts, Billboard, but also iTunes and and other places. Spotify Spotify has a lot of tools behind it. New Music Friday is one of their most popular song lists, for sure. Yeah, I try to listen to that one, but sometimes it's like, holy crap, what is this? There's a lot of skips, yes. And and I actually read an article recently where it talked about exactly that. Is it really a good thing for artists to be on New Music Friday? Because there are so much skips and it hurts your rating if you're getting skipped all the time. Yeah. And that's exactly what the article talked about. It was interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting to read. Maybe send that my way. I'd like to read that, I think. Sure, absolutely. So what songs are your favorites for the grand entrance to bring everybody in? That is one of the options that I leave up to my bride and groom. I don't choose any of their songs. They choose them. I have my favorites that have been used. I'm a kid of the 90s. I'm 44 years old. So when it comes time for the grand entrance, I try to really tell people to pick something with some energy because that sets the tone. I did a wedding where they came in to get ready for this by Two Unlimited and they had 
had dance moves and everything. It was fantastic. I loved it because it just, it set the bar like up here. We managed to keep that energy up for most of the night. I don't pick the songs for them. I like it when they can pick songs that are high energy. That's the only criteria. I totally agree. It sets the mood. It's kind of like the recessional. You're setting the mood for the reception. Absolutely. I treat everything before the reception as setting the mood. Like cocktail music sets the mood. Dinner music sets the mood. Grand entrance song sets the mood. Everything prior to the party sets the tone for the party. If you're playing a lot of down-tempo songs during dinner, well, guess what? People are going to be falling asleep in their soup. I tell this story quite often where I was at a wedding and it was all instrumental music. And it's like, I was doing that in the 90s. Why are we still doing this today? And then everybody left early. There was a time when I first started, I would play a lot of Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin. And not to say there's anything wrong with that, but people got bored really quickly because there was no variation in the music. In my beginner head, I had been like, cocktail music is the Rat Pack. But now it's I take a more varied approach. And every wedding is kind of different. I kind of tailor it to what's going on. There'll be some weddings where I'll, I'll play Michael Bublé and that type of music, but only because I felt like it fit the theme, the feel for the night. And there'll be some nights where I play more country for cocktail and dinner music. And I, again, I let the bride and groom give me some kind of feedback on the planning forms, what type of music they want during cocktail and dinner music. And I think that's really important just to emphasize that depending on where you're at in the country or in the world really affects what music you're going to play. Going on about where in the world you are, things vary drastically from where you are in our province. I'm in Edmonton. Edmonton is the capital city. And I do find that there's more of an open format feel here where I can do hip hop, I can do pop, I can do dance music, I can throw in some light EDM, some mainstream EDM, and I can also play some country. But if I'm out in the middle of nowhere, we have 95% of our province is low populations. So if I'm in the middle of nowhere in some little town, I know that Flow Rider is not going to go over well. You keep it country when you're in those, and you even change the style with which you play. Normally, I'll do quick mixes a, a little bit, not like Nick Spinelli, but I'll do verse, chorus, and maybe a bridge, and then I'm out. But if I'm in the middle of nowhere, it's start a song, finish a song, start a song, finish a song, because that's what they want. They want to hear all of Garth Brooks all the way through, because they know the song so there's less freedom to be creative because that's that's not the type of dj that they're looking for i totally agree because i come from montana like i said and if you're in the smaller towns you really have to know your crowd and what they're into and the organizers or the couple will definitely steer you in the right direction but you you have to know because you could really ruin the event by quick mixing in a crowd that's really Mm -hmm. into the hardcore country music and we're not even talking 90s we're talking 70s. Exactly. I did a wedding. I don't know how well you know Alberta, but I was up in a place called High Prairie, which is about four and a half hours north of Edmonton. And I had a good rapport with the father. He came up and he asked for Luke Combs did Fast Car and he came up and requested. And we were kind of joking around, he and I, all night long. So I put on the Vavo dance remix of Fast Car and he comes up like 10 seconds in. He goes, Don't be a smart ass. I said, Yeah, yeah, I know. I was just playing with you. That's great. Yeah. 
yeah. Speaking of music again, what mm-hmm. about slow songs? What's your philosophy on slow songs? In my head, I try to limit it to one to two slow songs in the evening. That being said, if nothing else is working and all that gets them on the dance floor is slow songs, I have played three to four slow songs back to back because I like to see people on the dance floor. That's what I feel my my job is there. I'm, that's what I'm there to do is to get people on the dance floor and keep them on the dance floor. So if that means that I have to play three or four slow songs just to get them out there, I'll do it. You have any favorite slow songs that you go to? Do you know Dina Carter? You know Dina Carter. Oh, yeah. I like to pull that one out because I find that it's not as popular anymore as it once was. The dance, I like to pull that one out. And if the mood is right... I'll pull out like some classic Brian Adams, a slow song like Heaven. I've also pulled out Lady in Red if if I notice that they're older. Obviously, Elvis Presley gets a good reaction every time. Can't help falling in love. I think my New Year's couple has put that on their must playlist. So there's some favorites. I definitely have some go-to songs that I use for slow songs. I think that's a great tip to everybody listening that you don't have to play the most popular. I love the idea of Strawberry Wine and Heaven from Brian Adams because those are the songs when people are on the dance floor, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot about this song. This song's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, the cliche song, I think it's a cliche song, I consider it a cliche song, would be Righteous Brothers, Unchained Melody. I'd be hard-pressed to pull that one out. That seems like such a gimme choice. But again, if it works, it works, right? But then you're not challenging yourself. What are you going to be remembered as the DJ of playing Unchained Melody versus Heaven, Brian Adams? That's exactly Canadian. Yeah, another Canadian artist. You know, I saw Brian Adams in concert years and years ago. And my wife and I, we were both born and raised in Canada. But we're at this concert. We're like, oh, crap, I forgot he had this song. This is a bop. And we had a great time at his concert. He's got a lot of really, really great songs. He did a song on MTV Unplugged that I love. Oh, have you ever really loved a woman? Yes, I love that song. It's a great slow song that you forget. Yeah, that's a good one. And it's got like that Spanish flamenco feel. I'm going to have to refresh that one. There you go. Was there anything else you want to talk about? Canadian weddings for people listening that haven't experienced a Canadian wedding? You know, the the only feedback I get about the Canadian weddings, like I said earlier, is how late they go. Most weddings go till one in the morning. And yeah, that's the only thing that's really different. I think that even varies in the United States. I know that there's some markets that do go till one in the morning. I don't know why it is. It's just a regional variation. I don't think there's anything about a Canadian wedding that people go, you know what, that's really different. I, I think it depends on the venue you in the circumstances you're saying go really late if you're at a barn wedding a lot of them have decibel levels they're in noise ordinances it's it's all the same here we're going through a, a a time right now where there's a lot of barn weddings people have neighbors have complained about the the noise volume so they put in noise ordinances there's some venues that have even installed their own sound systems poorly there's one venue that has the speakers it's a tent wedding right it's not a barn it's a tent so they have speakers installed on the top and they point down at the ground well that does no one any favors and they put a limiter on the volume so you can crank your volume but you're going to be limited to whatever setting and if you try to push it you're going to sound compressed you're going to sound terrible i'm actually writing an article fairly soon about decibel levels and ordinances who has the right so 
Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. Well, I, I'm a rule follower. Like if a venue comes to me and says, let's try to keep the decibel level to X, I will do my best to keep the volume down because there's really no point in being an a-hole and pushing the volume. Sure, it's frustrating. Yeah, it's very frustrating, but there's really no point in in pushing that and then having the venue go, you're not welcome back anymore because you don't follow our rules. It's important for wedding couples to know that and make that one of the questions when they book, because I know, let's say they set it at whatever it is, 85 decibels, 90 90 decibels. And then you go to a chart and it says, well, average conversation in a group is 90 decibels or whatever it is. And Okay, yeah. so you're at the same level. People aren't going to hear the music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have a Christmas party on the 15th and the venue gave me an arbitrary, it's such an arbitrary number. Keep the decibels at 92.5. You just picked a random number. Right. And it's an it's an indoor, it's a uh, its own building. It's not really near anything else. The doors are closed. There should be no need for it. But again, that being said, you're indoors in a smaller room. So keeping things at 90 decibels is not terribly difficult, I don't think. I don't I don't anticipate that being a, a huge hassle. But I've had venues tell me 80 decibels. And then they're measuring at my speaker. Well, you're right in front of your speaker. It's measuring uh, 97. Well, yeah, because you're right in front of my speaker. Go to the back of the room. Go outside and measure it. You'll see that it's probably the traffic is louder. The cricket's right. louder. So important. Because if the police were to come, then they're going to be looking at if somebody's complaining, well, it's what's the decibels, exactly what you're saying outside. And that's a problem with the outdoor venues, the barns and the the tents. And there's a lot of tent venues here. They're opening up almost as fast as they're closing. To round it out, can you tell people where they can find you, Aaron, and how they can contact you? I can be reached lots of ways. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Uh, you can email me at Aaron at Soundphonics ent.com my company socials on instagram facebook and tiktok are all sound phonics and it's s-o-u-n-d-f-o-n-i-x if you know my phone number you can always text me facebook messenger too so i'm pretty easy to get a hold of i that's what i tell my couples i'm like if you need to get a hold of me just whatever's easiest for you awesome well thanks for being on the show stay tuned for our next episode with another wedding professional thanks for listening and have a great day thank you for listening to the wedding songs podcast never miss a future episode Subscribe today to our podcast. Follow us on Facebook at My Wedding Songs and send us a message about playlists you would like covered.